Hey, everybody. How are we all doing? It's a Tuesday and it's Leaders Live Showtime, folks. And I'm Andrew Jenkins. And this is a short countdown time until the various feeds catch up and settle down. And we can't wait for today's groovy show. We're just waiting for it to come up on the feed right now. So, uh, yeah, we're hanging out with Dr. Ian Price, author of Dose and the mastermind behind cutting edge neuroscience research. And he'll be guiding us on an awe-inspiring journey through boundless possibilities. And uh, But that's not all, folks. Brace yourself for the one and only Rev Andy Gray as well, who's with us today. And, uh, yeah, artist and illustrator whose unconventional insights will challenge your perception of the business world. He's brilliant. And our theme today is quite a brave theme today. We're looking at why... Why we need diverse brains in business, folks. Again, waiting for the feed to come up. I think the feed's just joining now. There we go. Yeah, I think we're there. Lovely. There's loads of people on already. So give us a wave, Ian and Andy. Fantastic. And we've got Mrs. Moderator herself, Sarah Jenkins, FT and PDX. Say a quick hello, Sarah. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. And there we go. So with Sarah, with Andy, with um, Ian... Marketing CX, our uh, sponsors. That's this week's team, folks. Wow, let's get it. I think that deserves a wow. There we are. Wow. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and here's our opener. Well, there's loads of people joining the feed. That's great. So, boom, that was our that was Marketing CX, our sponsors for today. That was their intro video. Hope you liked that. And uh, oi, oi, people, and hi, gang. It's Leaders Live Showtime, folks, and it's just after 8.45 a.m. here in the UK. And so we are live, live, live. We never quite know whether we're live, live, live until we go live, live, live. And here we are spreading the love. Yabba dabba do. So pleased. And I uh, hope you enjoyed that groovy opener as well. And uh, this week, we're delighted that we're being powered by um, Marketing 6, as I've just said. And uh, yeah, look out for our new sponsor every week. And oh, please let us know if our audio is coming through OK. I've had no complaints mm. from anybody, so I'm presuming it's all A-OK. And if you're new to Leaders Live, a warm welcome to you. We've got a few newbies, I think, today as well. And uh, Leaders Live, folks, is a dynamic talk show that generates business through networking, through the community, through extraordinary conversations that inspire, just like we're going to have today, folks. And as I mentioned in the countdown, I'm Andrew Jenkins, and I host this interactive weekly Leaders Live show that's built on a awesome community of like-minded leaders and what's more it's free so please don't be shy we'd love 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 you to introduce yourself join in interact with the comments chat it's a dynamic interactive show that's what it's all about so chat to us ask questions as we go along and we just have two uh, three very simple rules folks a safe community mutual respect and please no selling in the room right got that and uh, our motto is i to the power of we and a really easy way that you can show your support for this free show and the time and effort that we put in to produce this every week, and boy, do we put a lot of time and effort into this, is you can use the buymeacoffee.com backslash leaders live app. It's brilliant, actually. Buy me five and you get a free uh, half hour coaching session. And indeed, Ildi, I owe you half an hour one. So um, please, uh, uh, please book that and uh, we can have a chat. And because uh, Ildi's on live right now. So, and you get a shout out too. And it looks a little bit like this if I can do a quick test. So hopefully it'll come up this morning. There it is. Brilliant. 
And uh, thanks for Kieran for buying me a coffee last week. And uh, yeah, it's just a bit of fun, folks. And uh, smash those likes too, folks. Um, the thumbs up. That really, uh, we really appreciate that. Keeps us motivated. Love that bell. And uh, now this this talk show enables you to listen to great content. But there's so much more value when you subscribe to our email list, because you get leadership skills, you get teaching, you get value um, to equip you to lead well, and you get freebies and you get updates. What's not to like, folks? What's not to like? So, and to make it real simple, we now have a single uh, link tree URL link, which will be in the feed very shortly. So, phew, put it all together. What have you got? Yep, you've got it. Bibbidi, bibbidi, bobbidi, boo. Love that phrase. Let's bring in today's guests. And here we are. So, we've got um, the Reverend, the very Reverend Andy Gray and Dr. Ian Price with us today. Hi, guys. How are you doing? I'm good. Isn't very Reverend reserved for bishops? <laughs> yeah. An archbishop. You've been promoted. promoted you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please don't. I don't want that <laughs> The very Reverend, yeah. So our theme today, guys, is um, we uh, why we need neurodiverse brains in life and in business. And uh, you know, give us a quick summary of the direction of travel of where we're heading today, Ian. Well, we've we've been talking about this a lot, and one of the things that we find in business and companies that we work with, and friends, family, is that neurodiversity comes up a lot, mm. and it's one of those things. It's such a huge topic that you know, there's no means we're going to cover everything today. No, but indeed. the idea is to sort of start, as to use Andrew's terminology, lift the lid a little bit on sort of neurodiversity, and you know, Andrew, Andy, and myself are neurodiverse in our own ways. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's trying to bring some element of that in our experience. I know Digital Gen will be online watching this and certainly experience working with Digital Gen. So Jen Smith has been very useful here as well. And so the idea is to sort of lift the lid a little bit and sort of say, okay, what's neurodiversity? What do we mean by that? What do we not mean by that? Mm. How do we see this as a disorder or superpower? Or traits. Maybe yeah. look at the traits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe looking a little bit at what we mean by spectrum and see Angie, Andy's hackles rise slightly when we talk about <laughs> spectrum. <laughs> the spectrum. Um, and then <laughs> I'm really like looking Scarlet, at... Scarlet, doesn't it? It's the spectrum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you have something like it's, that, isn't it? It's the voice of the Mr. Look, can you see this is what happens? It's a bit like a bar, this. Is what, what, uh, what happens when we put three neurodiverse people <laughs> into a bar? Yeah, and the key thing is... Oh, it's a joke! <laughs> <laughs> See, none of us are experts here, folks. You know, no. um, but you know, we do come with experience here, and we, we also have a doctor in the room, yeah. so he knows he, he's yeah. a neuroscientist. And, so, and it's bringing so, that all together. I think trying to just again explore with you, you know, together. So together, mm. but also together as a community. That's I think fantastic thing about Leaders Live. You know, the ability to join in with a chat. You know, Sarah's here to help with that, and yeah. um, we really want to open it, lift the lid on it together so that we start to recognize we can start grappling with how do we deal with neurodiversity or how do we identify as neurodiverse how does that work in terms of inclusion ultimately when we get into the into the real world and and how do we become more as i mean for me it's the passion is about how do we individually become more but how do we become more as a team as a group of people, as a community, as a society. And the very last part of that then is really what kind of community society do you want to have as a leader? What, what do you want? And we would like to say that the general thesis, the general idea here is more diversity brought in well equals greater performance. In fact, the research suggests that entirely yeah. and greater engagement, well-being and retention, all that kind of stuff. I really and like yet, that. Yeah. And yet it's not done well. 
So mm. often I'll get asked in a company, you know, or an organization, you know, we've got neurodiversity, what do we do in? And I think, again, talking with Andy, you know, pre-show as well, recognizes there's no one size fits all. It's not a tick box thing. And really, again, try, just trying to get a handle on, okay, so, but what is it that we can start to do to explore together on this rather than just being a, you know, we don't know what to do with it, which is ultimately what companies come to me and say, look, we know it's a thing, but we don't know how to, what we need to do with it. We know and it's, it's that thing. that we're supposed yeah. to explore. Lovely. And I think this is the thing in Leaders Live, we do tend to take some challenging subjects as well. This is one mm. of those. We might not get it right today, guys. So, you know, we, we're, we're, we're a bunch of people that, you know, come with experience. Um, you know, we're not the experts, though, you know, um, but we all have our own expertise in some ways because mm. we experience it if you have a, ni- a neurodiverse condition. So, so that's what to be honest, though, when, when, you do, when you do the research, when you sort of like start try reading about it, because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I mean, I've been reading about this stuff for like, well, it must be a couple of decades now because um, mm. family's affected, I'm affected. And they, they still haven't really solved it. It's no. kind of like, it's almost like the attitude towards how they try to understand neurodiversity is almost still stuck back in the Victorian era. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah, some clever stuff going on, yeah, but, yeah. but they say, so what causes it? Well, actually, we don't know. We think it's environmental. Indeed. We think it might be. Nature, inherited, nature all of those we're things. we're not quite sure. We know what it is. We yeah. can describe it in terms of sort of like neurons and connections and lots of wibbly-wobbly stuff, which is great fun. But <laughs> what, we don't, what we can't do is we can't tell you what causes it. Um, one of the one of the best breakthroughs I think has happened recently though is there's a mounting wave of people saying of stopping saying let's cure it yeah it's not a cure because that is horrendous that is horrendous and a lot of us with Mm. neurodiversity um sometimes we go this kryptonite isn't nice and other times we go actually this is awesome I couldn't do what I do were it not for that neurodiversity just Brilliant. give me some support. Well, there's a whole lot of stuff coming out already, mm. but let's get the audience involved and uh, Mrs. Moderator as well. When uh, We'll bring her on in a second. So, um, Andy, we've got um, an audience question, which actually is already in the feed, but just to describe the um, – just just set the context for us with the question okay. for our so, audience um, so we can involve them as well. Right, so the question is, as written, uh, <laughs> what kind of neurodiverse spectrum tendencies – might you lean to have or know of with your own circle of family and friends? There we go. Okay. And you know, neurodiverse tendencies such as ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, dyscalculator, autism, all of those things are the commonplace mm. ones. So, um, yeah. And recent. But there are others as well. There um, are. I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, a, I mean, again, yeah. the, <laughs> the spectrums within that, but, but equally, <laughs> you know, brain injury is, is one of those yeah. and epilepsy as well that that mm. those are considered part of being neurodiverse uh, and i think okay. quite often they're forgotten yeah very well said ian thank you for that so let's um so there's the question please interact with it and ask questions as we go along and um, let's just quickly introduce mrs moderator how are we doing sarah mrs moderator yeah we're doing well there's lots coming up on the chat on which the is theme, really good yeah, really yeah. good mm. so we've got a few answers as well we've got a few new people which is really good and um, welcome eva i think she's a new subscriber so that's oh, really good yeah. good morning jen i've seen jen come up so that's good oh, good to see you with jen. us there we go yeah marianne hey. Um, we've got people listening from i think we've got dubai we've got um exeter we've got all sorts brilliant all sorts today yeah some of the some of the answers to the questions Mm. we have got let's have a look because not all the names are coming up 
So good morning, Kieran. So being able to apply, embrace it comes after seeing and researching the benefits, right? Yeah. What say you, folks? Well, Andy, go for it. I'm just processing it. We'll come back to it in a after, moment. Yeah. yeah, after seeing research. Well, this. Yes, it, I got it. Yeah, go for it. Um, yes, I I agree because one of the things that we picked up pre-show and we've just been talking about a lot is you um, quite often people will say, "Oh, this person's got a neurodiverse condition. Let's mm. stick a label on it." Now we'll read. <laughs> it now we understand everything about what that person does so now we'll fix it or put things in place and it's like no so there's a little phrase that we love to use which is when you've met one well we'll we'll use word autistic because uh that's my specialty if you like for me um when you've met one autistic person you have met one autistic person (laughs) not everybody okay not everybody and Mm -hmm. yeah i mean people say about autistic people oh there's no empathy so you don't know what people feel if you tell me about something i find it hard to put myself in somebody else's shoes but I can actually sense your emotions mm. and I can get overwhelmed by them. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so it's like, am I really not empathetic? Yeah. Indeed. It's just a different it's degrees form, of, it? and I think yeah. again, that's the way the brain is not like an either or it's, it's mm. there, there's a degree where we're, we're analog creatures. We're not digital creatures and our brains Ooh. are the same. Right. Yeah, I think, I, I think that was the question was about, you know, saying, or rather the comment was about, when you identify who you are and start to understand how you think, mm. then you start to sort of, yeah, you start to embrace it. And, and, and I think that's a process of self-discovery, self-identification, who am I, what's my purpose, what my why. Indeed. And as coaches, that's kind of our bread and butter. That's what we love helping mm. people to do. Mm. So absolutely. I think it's just the, the, the society, society as a whole, not understanding neurodiversity, really not being geared up for neurodiversity means that, Quite often, you're if you are on a neurodiverse spectrum and have tendencies, that means you're the, the the odds are stacked against you. So you have to struggle a little bit more, possibly, than other people mm. to, to identify work harder, that right, to get yeah. to get the same results and, yeah. and to find other people results. who are who are more like you, right? Because mm. I think you know by definition, neurodiversity means that you're going away from the mean or the, the median mm. of the population of how the brain has evolved as a society mm. to work. Uh, and that's harder if you if you are by yourself or feel like you're by yourself, and and that's before you start to think about this, uh, something we didn't talk about pre-show, but you know coming out mm. as, as neurodiverse and oh, that yeah. talking mm. yeah there you yeah. go and it's a, it's a long process so it is I, I think that it. one comment yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. if you can put that up again Sarah I think that one yeah. comment is really profound you know that really oh, that was Karen's answer that's Karen's I've got it yeah. yeah yeah so what else is yeah. going on Sarah let's um let's just give the guys a break a minute. Um, what else is going on let's have a look Um, Ian Rose truly the ship can work with it others make it work for them but not necessarily the employee oh yeah that's very very profound as well Mm, I think that's that again do we genuinely respect Mm, the person mm. for who they are which is something that you know all three of us or four of us within the room would would Mm. say is most important rather than just seeing it as a way of leveraging certain you know traits or specialties or expertise to their own ends i'm i'm letting my full aspie side out today so i'm i'm uh (laughs) uh so forgive me if something goes wrong horrendously i'm just looking at what matthias just uh, put on chat i found the chat button Oh uh, no, that's my job. Stop now. it. <laughs> so, so what? Um, uh, it was Matthias's reply it? to Tilly. 
um, Tilly Davis, which says, I've worked with people with disabilities. One thing I learned early on, people are not their diagnosis. Now, interestingly enough, what this has been a massive debate in the last two years amongst the autistic community. Are you a person with autism or are you autistic, right? And actually what we've come down to is we are autistic, all right? So in a way, actually part of our identity is this being autistic. When you say now, you mean those who have that, that, yeah, that as, so, a, as those, a trait? those who right. have okay. this particular yeah. trait. Just, just so that's it. interesting yeah. because people, because that really challenges that thing about um, uh, are we our diagnosis? Because actually, well, we are because it helps us understand who we are. Oh, we're on a spectrum. We'll come on to that in a moment. Sarah, what else is going on? Let's come back to Sarah. Get some control, yeah. Sarah. We're, we're out now, of control. Now, now Andy's found the chat. There is no control whatsoever. So I might as well just pack up and go over today. I'm, I'm going I'm to turn, turn it off again. No, I can't see it. Now. No. There you go. Oh, I'll turn it off. Um, good morning to Tanya in Germany. Um, good morning, she's Tanya. worked for years with children as a director of an inclusive kindergarten awareness is key oh well said tanya yeah brilliant fantastic yeah um graham rose empathy tends to be a universal language for everyone neurodiverse or not Mm, there he is there's ian brilliant graham good morning that's brilliant empathy tends to be a universal language for everyone yes absolutely spot on yeah Yeah. well ildi made me laugh she goes she's a hypochondriac so i have all sorts of neurodivergence based on what she reads about Is that a new? Oh, is that a new oh, just, uh, okay, diversity we've just put, spotted? Put, 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 feel a bit easier about things. <laughs> That's funny. I, isn't um, that right. like the? Whenever you read something, you think again. It's a typical thing. So my wife's a GP, and she when she was training. In fact, I did a lot of training in the same lectures as her, but. The thing is, you read the book and then you start going for all these diseases. And again, that's the thought. Or dis- oh, I've got dis- that. Oh, I've got that. Or whatever. I've got that. I've got that. I've got that. So particularly if you've got that, if you've got that kind of. Stop, stop reading. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, yeah. yeah. Well, so test, new condition we found, hypochondria. We'll test it with people. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. 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 Here we go. Um, good morning to Ruth Serling. Um, that's a new name I haven't seen on the feed before. Oh, so uh, Ruth. have you with us. Hello, Ruth. Um, so you. happy to hear this being discussed. Mm. Agree that we need to have openness and not sit in isolation. Oh, lovely to see my pal Ian. There you there go, you Ian. Go uh, whoop, whoop. Ruth has got uh, absolute bags and bags and bags of experience with this and it's and writes so eloquently on neurodiversity mm. within all sorts of organisations, particularly caring professions like the Brent profession. So she, I, I, and again, you, Ruth would be another person here that would could add so much. So Ruth, it's great to have you on the feed. There we go. That sounds like a round two with different people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, there we go, Ruth. Yeah, you're on for that. Is there any questions in the feed at all, Sarah? Um, Yeah, John Attridge, does Mm. it have to have a diagnosis? I'm terrible with general detail at vision. What does that make me? Oh. Oh. So can I jump in? Yeah, jump, Mm. jump. If I may. So, John, and I loved your comment earlier as well. (laughs) Brilliant. Now, I think the way in which the brain works is we're saying that there's different ways and people have different, even if in, if we'd say a normal range, mm-hmm. would have different ways of processing information. And one of the reasons that as coaches, we sort of look at psychometrics is going like, you know, um, Myers-Briggs or DISC or Insights or whatever, is going, actually, people do think differently, just mm-hmm. normally think differently. And if you think about, honestly, that the amount of, you know, 100 billion neurons, and then that's before we think about several thousand connections at least, you know, tens of thousands of connections between each neuron. Each neuron. So that's like 
potentially. A, I mean, they're different neurons have different sort of again, Pekinji cells have different to others. But the mm. whole point is, it's incredibly complex already, right? So in, inevitably, there's going to be a difference again, nature nurture, how your brain's evolved. Your brain evolves and grows with you to adapt to the environment which you have. That's why it's so important at certain mm. stages of life. But what this means is that we expect to have diversity in communication and psychometrics pick up on that. So it's not saying that because you find detail difficult. So in insights or disc would say those are kind of blue energies or C energy, you know, mm. that's detail and having reserve traits. But that sort of yellow energy or that kind of eye energy, we talk about disc, you know, we talk about, you know, big picture and, you know, not great at detail. So that's normal. I think what what happens with neurodiversity or when it becomes a condition is when it clinically trips enough of those called check boxes or, or mm. buttons. That means, OK, now it becomes something that's a little bit beyond the normal neurotypical range. And this is, and I'm fascinated by this because I do think, John, you're spot on in many ways. It's picked up on. But actually, when do, when does something become a condition and when does something not? Yeah. Uh, and that, honestly, again, as Andy said, we're still really wrestling with, with what that is. What does it mean? I th- yeah. and, and I think that the best way of putting it for me is like anything else is when you notice that that thing, whatever it is, the way in which you process is becoming particularly difficult or impacting your life, then I would suggest it's a time to think about, OK, is there something else going on? Could I be start talking about a diagnosis? Not in terms of I want to label myself, but to understand that that's normal for the way in which my brain has come to be. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, Sarah, let's, um, Mrs. Moderator, is there any other questions that are coming up right now as well that are linked to what... Um, um, there's there's loads saying? of things about mm. um, identifying with the diagnosis. So David yeah. Klassen says, interesting Hello, to understand the identity with the diagnosis. Mm. Um, and then Tanya says the diagnoses are unnecessary for the child, but it's helping the family community to organize themselves in relationship to the child and get access to financial support and benefits. I think on a personal note for us, having an understanding now of the diagnoses of various family members. has oh Gosh, so if I'd true. have known then what yeah. I know now, how different life might have been. But we just had to work through it. But it is really yeah. helpful to understand why people sometimes react in the way they do yeah you don't necessarily want the label maybe but actually the understanding particularly as parents as tanya says here is is really helpful Mass- isn't it massive yeah, yeah. yeah. um in, let's have a look uh who in, in, in a way i mean it's a bit like saying um it's a bit like having a toolbox mm-hmm. and uh taking out a screwdriver and trying to use it as a shovel if you're not working with how that person's brain works. So knowing that a screwdriver is a screwdriver and then learning how to use a screwdriver means you can get the best result from that screwdriver. And um, I decided a few weeks ago to lean into the fact that we're pretty sure my son's ADHD. Mm. We're going to get a diagnosis for him. I leaned into it and suddenly realized a whole load of stuff we were doing. And I thought, I should know this. He's 17. And here's me. I've been saying, you need to get up. You need to really persevere. You need to work hard. You need to like, no good at all for his brain type. So I flipped, took the advice I found, and suddenly was starting to get really good stuff from him and sort of like giving him the options. And it's really helping. Yeah, isn't that interesting? No, the whole uh, thing about ADHD, yeah. there's a few people sort of bringing this up. Is there, Sarah? I'm, I'm just yeah, also, for... um, just something yeah. from Karen's story. Oh, hello, um, Karen. She says, managers are never hired with any crime 
criteria being placed on this, it's not seen as a core competence. It will never be valued or monitored. Oh, very nice. Mm. Is that core competence in, in that they are being recruited for it or understanding about it? I'm just, can we can just have a clarity on that. Oh, yeah. Karen, what, what did, can you clarify for us, please? Yeah, please do. Yeah, I haven't seen that comment yet. Anything else, Sarah, while we're waiting for that? Have a look. Um, David Classen, Andy, what about ADHD and other diagnoses? Do they Um, also prefer to identify with the diagnosis as well? I don't know. All I know is from an autistic side... um... I, 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 well, Andrew, you're, you're, you know yeah, this one better I'll than chip in on this one. Um, yeah, David, it's taken me ages to really understand the ADHD thing. You know, I, I haven't been formally diagnosed, but I know I am ADHD. And certainly as a boy, you know, I recognised how difficult that was fitting in with ADHD, I found, particularly as a boy. You know, as you grow up and you, you, know, you learn to mask, don't you? And I think that was the key for me that I just pretended I didn't have, you know, an issue at all. But I knew I was different. And it was only until I wrote this book that I started to talk about dyslexia, that I was actually dyslexic because I hid it so well. I was so worried about not being accepted that, you know, for me, I I just hid it under a bushel. Uh, And I didn't like the fact that I wasn't, you know, um, neurotypical is the word that we use today, isn't it? Neurotypical. And I found that very difficult, actually, you know, the whole thing. And, you know, it's only been very recently where I'm actually sort of relatively okay. I'm not saying I'm happy with it, but relatively okay to say, yeah, actually, I have got an ADHD condition. But that doesn't make me dysfunctional. And I think one of the biggest problems that I find with this whole this whole subject is that it's still classed, you know, in medical terms as a dysfunction, which really... I mean, I could swear here, but it really does, you know, um, cause me some difficulties. It, it beeps me off, as it were. Um, so, yeah. And, and it's interesting that you still use ADHD there, though. So, mm. so I, I've really come to say ADH, ADH tendencies, as somebody who hasn't got ADH. But does that yeah. is that missing the point? Well, well, it used to be there was a definition between ADD and ADHD. The two are very different to me, but they, for some reason it's all lumped together now. But they're very different conditions but, you know, that was just my my thoughts about, you know, I don't know about you guys, you know, um, with any neurodiverse conditions, you know, how you felt about, you know, coming coming out, as it were. I found that very, very difficult. Um, Sarah, what else is going on? There seems to be some bits oh, going on. Oh, there, is, there is lots. Mm. Uh, morning, Catherine Marson. She morning, makes a really Catherine. good point here. Teams that embrace neurodiverse members have the superpower of seeing differently and being able to able to group imagine beyond accepted boundaries beautiful this is absolutely key to innovation and creativity Mm. helping neurotypical team members understand how to be truly inclusive and be uncomfortable through solutioning rather than rushed to the standard conclusions is where the investment is needed trying to help neurodiverse members to fit is counterproductive and minimizes their identity and potential contribution beautiful that's so well wow, said, wonderful should we, just, should we just close down now there you go sorted thank you catherine, right, yeah. catherine that's brilliant that's where we're at i think i think one of the ways that i i work with people is uh when i when i sit down and do the business side of things with folks because i do do that mm. um is i will say look i'm going to let's do you, do you want do you want a normal or do you want superpowered supercharged version and they go oh let's have supercharged say right let's go for a coffee because then the 
I'll get my brain will be stimulated by being with people. The caffeine will take you up to the next level. And basically, you'll need to lie down in a dark room afterwards. And what we'll do is we'll talk <laughs> about your business. And then basically, I will allow my brain to spin and generate ideas. I know nothing about your business, but I'll just let it go. Mm. And we'll see what happens. And then I just spin it and spin it and spin it. And uh, my last uh, my last employer, my boss, he said he was brilliant. He actually demanded I was on his team. And he said, your brain is like scrambled egg. It looks really messy when it's get, being put together, but at the end it tastes gorgeous. And so what I do, and this is perhaps a tip for anybody who's neurodiverse out there, particularly with the autistic side of things, so that's why I talk from, is to say, look, um, offer all your insights, offer all the thoughts, offer everything, but don't be offended if people don't take it on board. Um, just be there because your way of thinking will stimulate the neurotypicals to think in different ways. And then they'll go be able to go beyond where they are at the moment. They'll be aware that because of the whole wood for the trees thing, um, one thing we struggle with is when we actually go into coffee shops, <laughs> which is ironic, um, all sounds are equal. So we, we can't differentiate volume. I lip read and I thought I was deaf. And I thought, I'm not deaf. Why do I lip read? It's to break up the sound so I can understand what's being said. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, that means everything's the same volume. So when it comes to specific decision making, I am not the best person for making a decision because everything is equal. Um, everything's new and bright and shiny. But I can tell you loads of different ways in which you could go. Okay, so you can explore the options and then it needs someone else to prioritise those and then start to distill them, it sounds yeah. like, with that kind of condition. That's, that's the best yeah. thing that's going back to what Catherine said. You know, you mm. embrace the, the diversity of thinking, you mm. the opportunity and the creative aspects. And again, you know, the way we're moving into the 21st century, particularly with AI, is that the thinking that's got us here is not going to get us there. And we need more of, of, of companies that can do this. And mm. I think... It's not just about the company needing, again, going back to previous comments, you know, this is about the world we need to have as a society, a way of, of transcending where we're at at the moment, certainly when you're talking about neurodiversity and bringing neurodiversity into the bigger part of who we are and, and as a species, I, I would say. Otherwise, I think, you know, what kind of what kind of society are we going to have? And, and I love this idea, Andy, that you kind of come in, and I know Andrew does the same sort of thing. I do to, to the extent. And Digital Gen definitely does this, you know, in terms of Curious Mentor stuff that she does. It's very much like you, Andy, you know, goes into a space, people hire you in to go, right, okay, what are we missing? How could we do this differently? What are the ways in which we could put this together? How could I be missing. more dynamic? How can I stand out? How can I be disruptive? I think one of the things that, again, it's going back to what David Classen is saying, you know, the idea of ADH, you know, being disruptive. Yeah. Well, Drop actually, you know yeah. what? That that <laughs> is exactly celebrated within business, right? So we we're bringing up for a very very important part of neurodevelopment in schools. And I'm not knocking the teachers at all. I'm knocking the system, which is still very Victorian. No, we're knocking this whole kind of idea of being creative, the idea of of being, you know, able to be innovative, complete in the whole. Because we're saying, no, you, you can't be disruptive. You've got, to, yeah. you've got to go within the box, mm. right? And then suddenly outside of work, we're saying, you know, well, outside of school, rather, in work, we're saying we've got to be, got to be able to be creative and thinking. So this yeah. is not just about how we look at neurodiverse people. This is how we look at it, how all of our brains, and again, that's inclusive as, as mm. a whole. You know, NASA did, a, did something about looking for rocket scientists mm. for those people who work in NASA. And I think this is something that Simon Sinek's picked up on, those mm. of you who, who likes, I love Simon Sinek. And he... <laughs> He was talking Why? about this, you know, 
Uh, number of reasons. Don't and, go and there. That. Yeah, but just <laughs> suffice to say that uh, you know, back when they were looking at sort of uh, you know who the next rocket scientist is going to be, who the next genius is going to be, average five year olds, so ninety five percent of the population, or something like that, were were geniuses based on the NASA. Ninety five percent. Ninety five percent. When you go through school, and I can't remember the exact figures, but when you go through school, that drops to the point that when you're an adult, only two percent are. Gosh. And and there's some and it's really stark that sort of and and mm. for me the part of the reason I get so passionate about this is because this is one of the key times you know your brain is particularly plastic your brain is plastic throughout your whole life mm. but particularly that sort of early early stages early age, of life yeah I like that the plasticity so yeah I think it's going back to again mm. what Catherine said as well about the more we see it and awareness whoever brought up I thought that awareness as well kindergarten I thought that was fantastic mm. because Natanya, it's that awareness yeah. so that it isn't a disorder it's not something that's disruptive in the wrong kind of way let's see this as part of again growth mindset let's genuinely embrace it and and the powers that be need to change we need to change this together as a society and i know it's a huge ask and i'm not expecting it to happen necessarily in my lifetime having not seen development on dyslexia in my lifetime so far in terms of how not really about releasing people and, and again i'm not i'm not knocking individuals here at all i'm more saying with the system we could be a lot better the system i like that and i like I, the, I, th I think the system there um andy sorry i'll come back to you in a minute uh, ian love the challenge there you know challenging society we could be a lot better you know, if we embrace this, sorry, Andy, what were you going to say? I, I think I think uh, there are businesses, many businesses, most businesses, mm. walking around who are missing body parts. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, if you if you think about yeah. it, um, uh, you, you, if you've got if you've got a body, um, and I can't say to a foot, uh, we don't need you, and a hand can't say to a sort of like a heart, don't need you either. Mm. We need all the bits that are different. Um, you know, there, there, are, there are some body parts which actually you keep secret and quiet as well and don't, don't show off, but you still need them. And, you sure. know, and, and the thing is that, you know, maybe sort of like it's those ones that you are diverse. I mean, some of us, you know, um, uh, you know I'm, I've, I've learned sort of like be quite good in public now. Um, but maybe at one time I, I wasn't quite good in public, yeah. yeah. So, 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 and so maybe I was one of the body parts you might have wanted to be secret, but now sort of like people put me out there on hands and heads and sort of like make me significant in spaces. So, well, and yeah, full and, bodies, full yeah, bodies, absolutely. people. I like that. Let's give you both a break for a minute, um, Mrs. Moderator. What's going on? There is <laughs> so, so much going on. It's, um, it's where to start, really. Yeah, indeed. Um, let's have a look. A um, lot about people who, um, yeah, haven't come out, if you like. Mm. So um, let's have a look. There was one. Oh, if he keeps whizzing, just bear with me. Um Oh, I can't find it now. That's frustrating. But very much. Oh, here we go. Uh, yeah, Jen says, as a neurodiverse person, I don't know what support I need or should need, which can be utterly overwhelming. However, mm. let her brain fizz with with coffee. 
Uh, <laughs> creativity and all the ideas won't necessarily give you an answer, but there will be lots of things you haven't thought with of. With coffee. I love that. And there's, there's I would I would love to put me and Jen in the same room with a business to say, yeah. right, <laughs> you know, are mind. you ready for this? Comments from Ali Grewer. I might have oh, missed hi, this. Ali. How do we leverage our neurodiverse brain in business? Because I tend to recluse and not always share my thoughts as I don't want my disorder to disadvantage me yeah and i think that was going to be one of our questions and so that's beautifully said um ali grewer so thank you for that and uh yeah what do you reckon folks ian take it away on, on yeah, well, I, one. I, there's a there's a guy that i follow on instagram mm. and, and again i should i'm big picture so very yellow very eye kind of so <laughs> I'll find the reference yeah. but i but i will and what one of the things is he talks about is in order to be more assertive of what you need mm. is to rather than giving people the remote control within the business you give them an instruction manual and i would suggest that this is pretty typical or useful no matter where you are on a, on a neurodiverse spectrum or not mm. and i think we all are that's again giving the instruction manual so ultimately one of the things i sort of talk about with with teams is or individuals with coaching one-to-one or to teams is it's about you know okay so what is it that you need what is it that you need in order to perform to your best yeah. And when we start to flex in that kind of way, then actually we people get the best out of us. We feel happier. We feel more engaged. And we get this enjoyment performance theory, which again, David Class will know all about on, online now. You know, suddenly that means that we, we want to be who we want to be and we feel accepted rather than hiding. And as Andy says, you know, the idea of I, I might show off something that might seem ugly to people. And I think this is the other thing is this, it, the, the idea of disorder or sinestra, like left handedness, you know, this idea that oh, it's still pervasive, that kind yeah. of idea that you are different is, 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 or there's, there's a danger to it. And I completely um, see how that could be an issue for different reasons, uh, personal reasons, you know, showing certain things, things like for me, it's like depression, anxiety, you know, so, you know, how much do I share of that about my journey with, with people? But actually, as soon as that has been shared, more that I start to see what I need, more I am able to sort of explain to people we're in my journey, this is what I need in order to, to operate best and to be my best for you. And then, then again, I think that's, that's where we're trying to get to. And it's, a process, I think, going back to Jen, it's not a process about necessarily going, how do I get that? It's just starting that and seeing it as a process and as a journey. Yeah. And that, I think that's the journey that then becomes, and again, I'm leaning more to Andrew and Andy here, you know, that's the journey that you're having to 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 lean into and the different people at different times on that journey, as Mike Fagan, a colleague, would say, you know, it's about having your super team around you. And Sarah has definitely been a part of Andrew's super team, right? Yeah, definitely. So, and, and that's the process of you evolving to become you. So yeah. how do you start? It, again, I would say, you know, when I work with people, leaders are helping them and teams, it's about, you know, literally comes down to what's your sort of, you know, professional development plan? What's, what, how does that fit together? What parts of your neurodiversity could you start to begin to reveal and, and suggest, you know, I, I could do this or I'm particularly good at that. What are the opportunities for me? And then they, yeah. then you build those into your appraisal scheme. So you're then being assessed, if you like, on your performance based on all the things that you are increasingly beginning to reveal. It's not, uh, and, and I think the awareness part here as well is important. It's a big game, people not labeling you just for that, although we've talked a little bit about that, but it's, a, it's part of an ongoing process. Look, people, if you do this well, if companies do this well, it doesn't matter where you sit on the terms of, of, of 
any spectrum, surprise, surprise, you want to be in that company, you get the best out of the company. But it's again, it's about using and being deliberate and surrounding yourself with people that can be part of your team to help you through that process and journey. And sometimes that's counselors, sometimes that's coaches, sometimes that's just friends, family. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, um, the issue is because there is uh i can't remember the word this is one of the things which i get i forget words which are important <laughs> it's the word which means um when you prejudice that's the word found it um well done when you get uh the amount of prejudice um that's out there because they see it's a disease when i was doing doing research just to check up on um that i was right about how i define uh spectrum and then discover mm. that everyone does it differently so it's like oh for goodness sake but the top result definition of autistic spectrum is on the cdc website which is the center of disease control it's like it's not a disease all right it's not but, dysfunction but either <laughs> yeah but it's not dysfunction so what that immediately does it immediately makes people think oh it's an illness it's yeah. an illness or disability we will have to uh, manage that mm. and there's going to be problems with it and issues so it means that somebody like uh, like ourselves who then says hey look um I'm I'm uh, I'm neurodiverse, or as Jen puts it, neurospicy. I love this word. Um, so 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 tributing it to her here. So I'm, I'm a neurospicy person, uh-huh. and uh, I think differently. And so you always run the risk that somebody who is uh, neurotypical might go, "Oh no, not sure about that." I got used to saying, "Right, I'm going to be an advocate for autism. I've had enough." And so I started when I was training folks, I would start off by saying, right, number one, I'm autistic. So I'd put this thing on the board, describe who I was, all the art and all the rest of it, um, things I do. And then one of them had a symbol for uh, for autism, which people always mistook to for being LGBTQIA+. Um, it's not, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a colorful ribbon. And they said, um, and, and they said, autistic. And then sort of like there will be certain assumptions. And I said, right, I said, what this means is I might say something which upsets you. If you don't like what I say, just assume it's because I'm autistic and move on. Stop worrying. Gets a little laugh in the crowd. Everyone relaxes. And mm. so I know now that although what I say is very serious and they should have taken it seriously, I'd give them a get out clause so they're not doing that whole bashing the head against things. Um, but it takes courage. I think it, it takes does. courage. I th- and, and it's interesting we're using the phrase coming out. Um, I'm not going to say there's a parallel between coming out as somebody who is gay um, or having a different um, uh, sexual way of thinking or identifying. Um, But I think there are commonalities, should I say. There are commonalities. There's there's a theme there, isn't there? Yeah. If if I could just sort of summarise a little bit, I think it's quite interesting, isn't it? And there's quite a bit in the chat about this as well. Look, this is a, you know, um, um, I've forgotten the lady's name now, but the the question was about business, wasn't it? And how do we relate? Is Ali, you know, how do we relate yeah. this to business? And I think Ian and Andy, you know, we've we've. It, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, this is a two way street almost. There's a bit of a personal journey to go through that we have to become yeah. aware of what's going on in our own minds and and bodies, the the person that we are, and becoming okay in our own skin. So that whole thing about self cohesion and understanding ourselves and being okay with who we are. Someone else also mentioned, I think it might have been Tanya or somebody else, um, I think it was Eva actually, talked a little bit about vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've talked about um, 
being disruptive, but I think part of it is also being okay with being vulnerable and sharing yeah. and being able to share our experience or a neurodiverse you know experience and b- being okay with that vulnerability. And also this whole thing about growth mindset, you know, where actually we learn together that the company, the business, the group, the team, the people that we are working with accept us for who we are and bring our viewpoints in, like Catherine said, about being inclusive, like, um, you know, um, having an awareness of what do you think, you know, Andy, what do you think, Ian, what do you think, Andrew, you know, and bringing those views in because they're equally you know, as interesting. And, you know, whilst Andy said that, you know, he might look at all the options, he might not be able to make the decision that effectively. Other people can do that. But actually, how interesting to have that viewpoint from Andy, first of all, kind of go, so open it up here. What are the kind of options that you're seeing here, Andy? You know, so that we can then promote discussion. So that was kind of, you know, a summary of where I thought we were at. And just to bring Mrs. Moderator in, what's going on in the chat right now? Let's just see what other directions we're Yeah, Rebecca in. Jenkins... Um... <clears throat> Ask the question, are different types of neurodiverse capabilities more adept at certain things, mm. such as creativity we've discussed? What else do you see? Oh, Andy, what do you see? I think you can't say this person has this, therefore they will be best at this. Yeah. Um, my son is a genius at maths. I'm rubbish. Yeah. My, yeah. My son, neither of my sons can draw for toffee. And yeah, yet I can draw anything brilliant. you ask me to. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the thing is that actually it's a case of discover, if somebody is neurodiverse, discover what their passion is mm-hmm. and what they can really lean into. You'll never shut them up no. uh, if they're <laughs> autistic. We'll just talk forever about it. Um, you know, when I work with uh, some, I mean, also sort of like a lot of us are highly intelligent as well, very high IQs. Yeah. Um, there's a reason for that brain structure and stuff. But the, uh, I, I work with these uh, three, uh, three young guys in their 20s who uh, none of them had jobs. They really struggled and that kind of thing. But we used to play role-playing games together. So role-playing is brilliant for... They claim that autistic people can't role-play, and yet it's one of our favourite pastimes. Uh, <laughs> well, speak for yourself. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I hate it, but there you go. <laughs> do you? That's because you've never done it with me. You'd be dread. <laughs> um, dread's awesome. It's a one-shot. It's I'm just thinking what Sarah might um, say to that as well. So it's it's, yeah, it's yeah. because of the numbers that you don't like. No, it's RPGs. Mm. But anyway, so twen- um, these three 20-year-olds, and they memorised rule books for fun. And they can tell you what page things were on. They're always arguing about these distinctions in rule books. So if you've got a company who uh, you're trying to make sure that you're, um, let's say sort of like you've got a legal, legal department and you've got someone who's neurodiverse who loves the legal stuff, the they rules. will know every detail. Yeah, and will. you're sorry, talking in your group, oh, we could do this. And they'll say, no, you can't because of that. Because <laughs> of rule 76. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like having sort of like a, a, an Alexa in the room listening to every word who will interrupt you if you're wrong. Um, as you're oh, planning, I, I mean, one of the things I was thinking about disruption is, first of all, Jeff Bezos says we try to disrupt ourselves because um, if we don't do it, somebody else will. But also, can you imagine if you've done a big plan, put it out into the world mm. and sort of like one of your customers identifies this major fault and yet you get somebody who's neurodiverse and super creative who will be able to say, no, we can't do that because of that. So one thing which is a trait amongst autistic folks is pattern recognition. We seem to be really hyper alert for that. And also things that don't fit patterns. Might not be able to tell you what the problem is, but we could but I walk around and go, 
there's a problem there. And they go, why? And I go, I got no idea. <laughs> but there's a problem. Um, you know, so I love yeah, that. things like that. And, and I think well, the research suggests again that there is more people who are neurodiverse generally within STEM careers. So the sort of science, technology, engineering, and maths. And there's a number of Isn't reasons that? probably for that Very as true. well. Yeah. Uh, so that, again, there's different, a disproportionate if you think of it in that way. I, I think there's also um, really good evidence suggests that that hyper focus, the ability to be able to dismiss yeah. emotion as well sometimes, or not be as emotionally impacted or negatively emotionally impacted, is beneficial for certain roles. For instance, being a judge yeah. or a surgeon, you know, mm. an A and E situation. For instance, you know, I, if you're no, going to be facing situation. certain things in certain roles, you know you want people to be able to be least negatively impacted by them and to be able to bring that aspect mm. to, uh, to the fore. And I, I would strongly suspect that many judges, uh, uh, surgeons, that kind of thing, detail hyper-focus, not as emotionally impacted. And I'm not saying they're not being emotionally impacted, not as much as somebody who might have more high sensitivity. And I would mm. say that's the other side of things potentially, but that's why, you know, again, I'd see that even if people haven't come out or recognized that or have been diagnosed, I'm not saying necessarily people are diagnosed or diagnosable. They're on that side of the scale or spectrum. Again, I try not to use the word spectrum necessarily, Andy, but I can't <laughs> avoid it. I'm I quite afraid. like it. I think it's exactly yeah. where we need to be. And, yeah. and we'll we'll explain actually... that in a minute because we've used it a lot. So people might wonder yeah. what we're waffling on about that. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. So, um, but there's a great book actually. It's and it's it's called The Good Psychopath, and Mm. and again, it's recognised. (laughs) It it is. It's a fantastic book. It's Andy McDowell with Kevin Dutton, I think, and the success. And again, it really leans into that the whole point of the question. You know, are there tendencies? Are there other things? Hyperfocus. We've talked a lot about creativity, thinking differently, Mm -hmm. but hyperfocus and high energy. And again, it's perhaps not too surprising that so many of those people like. Jeff Bezos, you know, uh, Richard Branson, um, you know, Alan Sugar and the rest have been diagnosed with ADH, dyslexia uh, or, or something similar. And I think, again, there's there's a number of reasons why that is. Again, Andy sort of yeah, referenced well, a lot it of entrepreneurs in which the brain's had to evolve. ADHD. Well, they've had yeah. to go with the mm. challenge more so and yeah. that high mm. challenge has meant that they, they, they have overcome, mm. or maybe almost over overcome, and see things and able to have that. But Absolutely. Again, it's not, it's not, they have downsides. Mm. So this hyper-focus is great for a certain period of time, yeah. but then they equally, they're going to be a lot of off time. And that, again, that's mm. really tricky for Definitely. companies that go, well, I want you to be more like a machine. I want you to be consistently like this. And that's, and I think that's this is, my problem too, you know, that I'm hyper-focused. So and it's yeah. a great advantage, you know, when I'm on something, but it's mm. not a great focus when Sarah says to me, actually, we need to focus on this. Like, no, 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 I'm over here. <laughs> you need yeah. to be over there. And, and so, so we need yeah. to accommodate that switch. Think, for ourselves like, and others. Mm, indeed yeah. let's um Sorry, let's give you both a quick break um sarah pick us up where are we going um i'm just going to bring a, a personal point mm. of view really so as, as a parent i would dare i say a neurotypical parent of neurodiverse family um <laughs> yeah, you're the oddity in our family uh, well, i am very much the oddity <laughs> but having an understanding and having mm. Even if your child isn't diagnosed, but having an understanding of that there might be something slightly different about them in the way they think or act is really helpful because eventually the more you as a parent can understand, the more you can help your child understand why they might be a square peg in a round hole. 
and then it helps with their self-esteem how they see the world and then eventually that they can see oh that's that's why i am the way i am that's who i am Mm -hmm. um and it helps them make sense of the world around now we our kids weren't diagnosed until much much later and it is if i'd have known then what i know now how different would it have been but i still think having an understanding of why they struggled at times has been massively helpful for them and it helps me when andrew goes on his hyper focus bit and i'm going really oh gosh it's one of dad's um <laughs> what was <laughs> yeah so he just goes so focused obsessions and... that's the word you're well, looking for that's about that's right. words, we yeah. call it obsession what is, what is OCD, OCD, ocd and autism obsession. are linked yeah, the yeah. girls just roll their eyes and go, "Oh, mum, I went." But dad's oh, on it past, again. Don't worry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I think I think Leonardo da Vinci had it um, because he would dive really deep into a subject until he felt that he'd sort of like got everything he needed to, and then leave the it and go on something else. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I think that that's one of the things that we suddenly would go, "Oh, that's captured my attention," and then mm. we dive really deep. So this this idea of uh, ten foot deep and one inch wide actually doesn't work very well for those of us who are uh, neurodivergent. Mm. Actually, we like to have about six inch deep and 10 foot wide. Yeah, that's so true. We go, that's so true. It's, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit, yeah. And then what we do is we cross-pollinate all those ideas because our brains, um, just to explain that, that thing is that in neuro, uh, neurotypical people, when, they, uh, when, they're, when you're babies, you get all of these lovely neurodiversity things going on like this, right? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then what happens is when you sort of like at a certain age, uh, Ian will know better than me, um, they die off. I've got to be careful how many fingers I leave hanging up here. Now. But you're die pruning. Off. Yeah, yeah you're, you're a pruning. So you end up with sort of like just one. See, that's the right finger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so just have one. What happens with us a lot is we keep them all. So that's why we can make all of those connections and ideas and um uh polymath kind of things going on and connect ideas here and everywhere you know i mean i bring theology into everything i do which people yeah. say well how can you do that it's like because that's how my brain works and it's really useful stuff because it kind of like it says well i've learned this and this can apply to him and stuff yeah very interesting let's Brilliant. just um we need to move well, on just to the end just, go, go very, for very it quickly uh, just very quickly i mm. think this is the why it's inclusion it's bringing us mm. all together it's it's not been a definitive article. Mm. And I think, again, this is part of the problem of this whole idea of 90s, 2000s of being a definitive complete leader or the complete individual who then acts as a number of complete other individuals. Our, the whole of evolution biology doesn't work like that. The reason that we are social creatures mm. largely is because I to the power of we, to, to quote mm. Perfect. Perfect. And that's what we need. So it's, it's mm. and all the things that we bring individually, but how do we unlock that as a team? And that's what I love working with teams to do. How do we unlock uh, that as a team? Yeah. How and do you unlock, maybe, release it, yeah. elevate? And elevate, I like that. And maybe the way to do that is, as Sarah has, has said, Mrs. Moderator, look, it begins in the family. And it begins with the acceptance and, you know, an understanding and, you know, an inclusion that allows that vulnerability to be fully explored. So that person, when they enter as an adult into the workplace, you know, actually is is entering in the fullness of who they are. And then, you know, in business that, you know, if if more families are embracing these neurodiverse ideas, in the family nucleus, then as we be, as we get into business, then hopefully business opens up in the same way and becomes understanding. And then, as you said, Ian, which I love the link to 
actually we're creating a different society here by by mm. making this inclusion and this understanding and this diversity and being okay with all of these different ways of thinking that actually we can create fantastic societies and brilliant businesses and i think yeah. that's that's probably where we're going and uh, just bring a mrs moderator for a minute what's just bring us to a point where you know you can sum up some of these um I think the point will be we need we need a round two because there is so much going on. on. We always need a round two, don't we? Yeah, (laughs) you see, Catherine mentions be interested in thoughts on the increasing rise of quickie diagnosis, especially for ADHD and the danger that gives. There's a lot of commonality between behaviours between neurodiverse individuals, but also with individuals who have experienced significant trauma. So we are very much in a society, I think, where we're jumping on the bandwagon mm. and then, and, and somebody mentioned earlier on, like in, in the U S naughty boys are just labeled as, as ADHD when in fact they might just oh, be yeah, naughty David boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was a naughty so boy. <laughs> there is, there is huge amounts of, yeah. Yeah. There, there's good and bad, isn't there with, with all of this, but yeah, I, I think there's so much in this that it definitely needs a round, a round two, two because we've literally just, just touch the surface of it, it's but it scratched. is. So, I think like so even on that about what the government are doing um, badly, badly to make it harder to get a diagnosis because it costs the schools money and That's it costs true. the government money. So they've raised the bar, which means that a diagnosis is useful to understand who you are, but we're not going to give you one because we can't afford it. Afford it. Yeah, so you've got to do it privately, and we have to do ours privately yeah, for our it's kids. So, so bad. And yeah. if you haven't got, if yeah. you can't afford to do it privately, you've then got the haves and the have nots again, and that that bigger gap. So yeah, it's yeah. it's a massive, massive subject, but it's it been really, massive. really fascinating. So apologies if I haven't read your comment out. There's so many. Um, yeah, Eva's <laughs> saying round two. Yes, please. So, oh yeah. yeah. We're definitely, definitely going to do that, and um, we can get dig into the business side of things as well. Um, can sorry, I just, Andy. Can uh, I just put in that? that uh, yeah, go on in. Just yeah. put in if you are if you're listening to what the things are saying and you're thinking, well, two things. First one, maybe I am on a a, a spectrum. So what I mean by spectrum is, am I moving towards the point of towards a clinical diagnosis, or maybe beyond it? You know, reach out. Anyone in this room would would mm. want to do that, and so the people who are on the call would, you know, been adding would want to do that. But recognise that there are people that were also help. So, for instance, with autism, autism actually, there's a fantastic book called Neurotribes, and it's really about the '90s, oh. talking about how it's a great book, and it really looks at how autism and being autistic and that whole society of people supporting have led the way. There are going to be organisations. Uh, charities out there who you know if you're leading into that thinking you know actually maybe could i be there's a lovely organization called the genius within which i think they're fab when it comes to this but there'll be autistic society there'll be an adh society there'll be and and again this is not about saying oh i have to be like that person it's about going okay where could i get the support that i need yeah. uh, or, or want to and explore it and i would really Thank encourage you. i think that vulnerability is, is about is is beginnings of bravery bravery is not the absence of fear bravery is having mm-hmm. having the fear but recognizing something's more important at the end of it well and, said and that, yeah. that's what i would I really encourage you to do and, well and and bring that support team with you you know the again brené brown talks about this and she talks about vulnerability as well actually in daring to lead in her books fantastic book but again that sort of vulnerability 
making sure you have the right people, being kind to yourself as well through that process. You know, this is this is life stuff. This is about learning who you are and you deserve to have the support and the opportunity and invitation to know who you are and what you're about and what you could do. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I think um, David, um, let me just find this out here. Um, David Kingdom, welcome, David. Um, To put the attributes of neurodiverse people to business in one sentence neurodiverse people are not afraid to ask mm. why and i think you know andy's come out with that a lot you know why you know mm. just tell me why you know and that's that is a, mm. and, and i'm the same i like the question why mm. i really understand that um hence why five-year-olds are so good right yeah why, why, generally... why? <laughs> why we have more five-year-olds in business there we go and in terms of um quick um call to action for our wonderful um hangout guest today this is um this is andy's um illustration skills coming to the fore here um and he does this for businesses he's done it for leaders live um you know he does it for all sorts of businesses groups teams there's some fantastic stuff here this is some of andy's artwork here and this just brings out the business issue at hand here in an illustration which is absolutely brilliant and this is this is a group of people here and their attributes just so beautiful he's a book illustrator as well you know this guy has got skills you know and uh, and yeah our rev you know reverend as well so there we go it's multi-skilled person with lots of skills here you can so guarantee that... i'm the person who won't swear in the room <laughs> you can well, take so you me to think. your fa- you can take me to your favorite granny and she won't be offended <laughs> she, she won't be offended I'll like that. that's a, that's an upsell that is oh, i like that <laughs> and um look dr ian price my mate as well you know are both good friends here um created this book with um jen smith and um dulcie um swanston thank you dose um which is a fantastic personal prescriptions for a happier life 52 science-based ways to get it and we've all read this book we've had them on the show talking about this it's a brilliant book so you know there's there's the bits about us and and, um, thank I know you. We're, we're and it's just... about being being more you i think that's i think more you more capable again it's unlocking yeah. releasing elevating so dose was about that for individuals and it was born out of the sort of lockdown you know what could we do and again dose that's is right. 52 if you haven't seen it it's 52 science-based tips and that the point is that these are very easy things to do in terms of time and virtually no money when i say virtually no money the i think the most expensive thing we we suggest is either chocolate whatever chocolate you want <laughs> uh, and, a, and, a, and, a bar, and a a tennis ball right the world survives but, on chocolate but the similarities i think the similarities for what i love doing is again within companies is seeing okay well and i hope that's sort of shone through with all of yeah. us you know it's about unlocking releasing elevating that for you as a team uh, and and there are different ways of doing that and again that's i think one of the things you, you know again andrew that's something we share right it Andy, is, it andrew is. and we're running out of time so let me just quickly do the um our sponsorship video so my this name is, is tilly, tilly davies the founder and ceo of marketing cx now our vision is to help linkedin users to grow their business and get clients through effective marketing on the platform now this is where i met andrew jenkins and his leaders live and we share the same mission and vision and it is for this reason that i became a proud sponsor of leaders life like andrew would say be there I love that. There you go. So there's our sponsor for this week, Marketing CX. And uh, look, the um, we haven't got time for our CTA because we're running out of time fast. But I just wanted to say, 
um, our goose for next week. Um, yeah, it's uh, we're doing something different next week. We're going to take a break next week for the f- next four weeks, folks. So because it's August and in August in the UK, it's our main holiday season and it's now upon us. So um, the school holidays are here and Leaders Live is going to be taking a break over the next four weeks. Um, so we'll see you back again on Tuesday, the 12th of September. It's Tuesday, the 12th of September. And we can't wait. And we're definitely going to have a round two of this again as well, maybe in September or in October. So enjoy the summer break, folks, you know, whatever you're doing. Um, Um, we'll see you all back in September. And I'm sorry for the abrupt break here, but we are running out. We've run out of time, basically. And uh, with this team, we can talk forever. So we're just going to go straight to our outro now. So thank you very much for joining in um, to a brilliant show today. And here's our outro. Thank you very much. We'll wave goodbye to you from here. Thank you very much. See you, folks. Bye-bye. Cheers, everybody. (laughs) What a great show we've had today. You know, we've... um, with Sarah, with Andy, and with uh, Dr. Ian Price. Um, so fantastic. Wonderful time. Thank you very much indeed. We'll definitely do a round two of this, folks. Thank you for, ha- for listening to us. And we'll see you all again in September. Cheers for now. Bye-bye, folks. Bye-bye.